We are in the middle room of Foster Care Week. Uh, yep. We've got a special guest in the studio, Felicity Graham, and a couple of things I'm already intrigued by. She's the CEO of Fostering Change Australia. She's 19 years of age. Felicity, welcome. Thank you. CEO now, at 19. Yeah. How did you end up in the role? I, well, first published my life story, Not Held Down, um, when I was 17 years old, and then I wanted to do more, so I decided I wanted to use my story to make a difference in the system around Australia, so I created Fostering Change Australia. Um, yeah, so when so. you say fostering change, uh, the title suggests to me that you want to change things. Yeah. What change needs to be made? I mean, we don't have all day, but yeah. um, there needs to be, from my beliefs and my own story and hearing other stories of young people is the lack of support for carers out there, lack of support for young people out there. Um, there is a lot of like the Department of Child Protection likes to focus on themselves and they don't really, they've lost focus on what they need to do to help the young people in care. So a lot of young people are falling through the cracks and the gaps and they're aging out of foster care. They're leaving the system on the streets, especially in this rental crisis. They don't have family to turn to. They don't have that support network to turn to. So they're on their own trying to work out how the heck to vote because we don't have parents to teach us how to vote. We don't know how to budget. We don't know how to like look after ourselves, a lot of kids in care. So tell us about yourself. Let's paint the picture. So you're 19 now. Tell us about your childhood, what you've been through with um, yeah, growing up. Yep. So when I was eight years old, I was um, put in foster care with my elder sister in um, a regional country town. Um, and from there, I stayed with a foster family for about seven years with that sister before we both split into different foster families um, due to just breakdown of... Um, the carers not being able to have the energy and time to look after us anymore. Um, so then I moved on to live with about five different families. Some were very short to three weeks, some were two months and some were a year. I think the longest I stayed in a foster family was seven years and the second longest was a year. Can I ask you, uh, the five different sets of parents you had, were they all good? Yes and no. Some, yeah. Most of them were very good. Um, most of them I have a better relationship now that I don't live with them. Um, but there was some that weren't as so good. So when, when you're an eight-year-old and you're taken out of a situation and placed into a foreign family, a foreign home, for a start, it must be quite traumatic. Um, but how do you open yourself up to that? How do you be very accepting of it and think, well, this is good for me, I need to get on with it? I don't even remember much of my childhood, so I don't know how I coped when I was eight years old. Um, but I know that the more I moved families, the more I realised that this was the normal for me. Um, I just got used to trying not to let myself get too close to any of the families because I was like, they're going to leave. Um, every time we got into an argument, I'd pack my suitcase um, to the point where one of my foster families actually threw out that suitcase and was like, yeah, we're not leaving. Left oh, in the that's end. That's nice. <laughs> she did it, they did it for the right reason? They did it for the right reason. Mm. How, so you're talking about a regional town. Can you say what sort of population the town had? About 4,000 people. 4,000 people. 14,000. 14,000, yeah. Uh, in a town like that, how many foster, how many kids would be in care in a town of 14,000 people? Um, roughly from latest statistics was about 300 p kids in care. 300 kids have been taken away from their parents in a town of 14,000 people. Yeah. That's incredible. I would have thought it would be 10 or 20 or 30 types, you're saying that, that's, an ex, that's a massive number. 
Yeah, we it's ever growing the system. There's more kids and less support. I can't believe it. Felicity, recently wow. we uh, we've read a couple of stories. Two young children died, unfortunately, very unfortunately, in recent times. Um, we probably can't put them all in the same bracket because every story and every family is different. Mm. But we're told that uh, little children don't like to be taken out of that family situation, as bad as it might be. They don't actually still want to be taken out of there, even though they might be living in squalor or mum and dad are addicted to drugs. Is that your experience? Are the kids saying, we don't care, please just leave us with our own parents? Um, I think in a child's perspective that those parents are your only parents. They're, yeah. they're the people you wake up to. Of course, you're not going to want to leave them because, one, you don't want them to hate you. Two, you, you're worried about what's going to happen. Like, they become your only people. So, of course, kids are in these horrible um, circumstances and not wanting to leave. But at the end of the day, if the, yeah, it's their protection that needs to be put in first. Like, I, I'm a firm believer in allowing the young people and kids to tell you what they need. But there is a, obviously a line where you're like, no, your protection needs to come first, so you need to leave. We're told that police will arrive in some of these situations and have zero power. Should they have more power or because from what we read, maybe child protection just at the moment are overrun and and don't have the resources. How can we improve that part of it? I believe that there needs to be more support for families who are known to DCP. There's some kids out there who need to be in the Department of Child Protection. They need to leave. There's some young people and young kids that can stay with their families but need more support. From what I've gathered, there's not that much support of people that's there that can be like, this is how you look after your child, this is how you cook, you can ring us whenever you need and just teach them how to look after their children. Do foster kids communicate with other foster kids? Yeah, we all end up finding us each other. Yeah. yeah. So without getting too personal, what percentage of foster kids have a um, end up with good parents, good foster parents. Positive experience. Yeah, like. or, yeah compared to negative, like, unfo- you know, bad stuff that we hear about that goes on out there. Um, and I know that's an open question when defining bad, but... Yeah. Um, okay, out of maybe 10 of my friends who are in care, I've only heard of two of them having good foster parents. Mm-hmm. The rest two have out of even, ten are good. Yeah, the rest have even moved around to a lot of foster families or moved between residential care and group homes. Is it easy to become foster parents? Should it be uh, more stringent? It used to be easier. I have heard from people that it is apparently getting a lot more harder for mm-hmm. people to become carers. So there's a lot more background checks, which is important. There's a lot mm. more training which I think is so important, but there's some people out there that are like, oh, it's too much work, but, you know, so is surrogacy, mm. so is adoption, so is IVF. Yeah, it's adoption's it. very hard. It's mm. Friends mm. of mine yeah. tried to do yep. it and and they were, For sure. per, you know, perfect potential parents yeah. and couldn't weren't, uh, weren't allowed to because uh, mm. I think mid-40s was a cut-off point oh, wow. for age. Yeah. You said before you wanted to make change. What sort of change is absolutely uh, necessary as soon as possible in this area? I think support and letting... Support the, for the kids? Yeah, both. All of it, support for what the young people. What sort of people. support? Um, well, I know that when I came into care, I wasn't offered counselling. So, yep. you know, a child, being a child, an eight-year-old removed from foster, mm. like my own family, well. I wasn't provided counsel. I wasn't able to talk about how I feel or anything. Um, and just growing up, like if I had any issues with foster families, my social workers would tell me that I have to stay there because there's no other option. So I didn't get to speak about what was right for me. Mm. Um, and ageing out of care, leaving foster care or leaving the Department of Child Protection, 
I know a lot of kids and I was lucky enough to have a program that does support kids leaving out of care. But I know a lot of people and even myself didn't know how to budget, didn't know how to clean my house, didn't know how to cook properly. But I had no option because once you're 18 in group homes, you have to live on the in your own house, you have to find your own house. You have to leave your house. What? Gee, every every day, kids stay there these days, well into their twenties. Why is exactly. it any different for state kids? Luckily, kid? when you're in foster families, you are allowed to stay um, and get support from DCP until you're 21. But when you're in group homes and residential care facilities, you have to leave. So the day you turned 18, what happened to you? I was like I did have a couple of weeks after my 18th that I was able to find a place. Um, I was in the process of looking at homeless shelters um, because there was no houses on the housing essay available um, and I had a cat, so not many private rentals, not that I could afford a private rental, was able to take me and my cat. So then there was this program that is only a year and a half old now that was created by an agency that has an, it's an apartment complex, there's workers there 24-7 and I was able to move in there with my cat and I was able to have support whenever I needed it from these workers. They taught us how to cook. There was budget, um, like councils, like financial counselors there um, and we were able, like a bunch of young people were able to live there and get support. And so you're only 19. This is, we're talking, what, a year ago, are we? Yeah. God. So you can have your life that you have and you get moved around five, six times you get to 18 and you're probably potentially reasonably stable at that point, not you. I'm talking about any kid here. Yeah. And then, all right, now you can back in, you could be homeless in a flash for no reason. That's yeah. not the ideal transition exactly. into adult life, is it? And a lot of young people to this day who are in semi-normal families or whatever, if you're like in uni and you're 25 and you can't afford the rent because of the r- crisis we're living, they can go back home to their families. We mm. can't. If I'm if I can't control like if I can't handle mm. this rent, I have to be on the streets or I have to couch surf. Like It's not really set up for a success. um you know any sort of mishaps along the way, is yeah. it? There's no one mishap and you could be <clears throat> stuffed. So yeah. with um uh, Fostering Change Australia, your organization who are you lobbying right now? Who are you speaking to and who are you hoping will help change all this? At the moment, I'm speaking to foster care agencies, so helping, um, using my story to help youth workers, supervisors, anyone who works in these agencies about how they can make a difference in the young people they look after, how they can listen to the young people they look after and use what they are saying to make change. Um, for future goals, I want to help families stay together as well as getting more support for families known to DCP. So then we have not as many kids coming into care and more support for families to stay together. I want to be able to travel around and speak to as many people as possible because the child protection system and the protection for children isn't just their job, it's everyone's job. So I want to help the community know how they can rally around young people by either mentoring or fostering, um, helping people become foster parents and being like, this is what you can do, this is the change you can make. Well, you've got an incredible story to tell. Um, and I guess you really, really need to be taking this all the way to the top. I mean, we, we interviewed the Premier recently, and uh, and I'm not bagging our Premier for this, but and this was in light of the two poor little kids that died, but mm. this is just too big a problem. And yeah, I, it's and, a massive problem. And uh, I don't know what anyone's going to do about this in the short term, but you've got to keep talking about it, and we all have to keep talking about it. Mm. We don't want to keep reading about little children dying exactly. in our suburbs uh, from neglect. It's just a shocking, so many, shocking thing. But that's only some of the cases. There's so many kids right now that are being abused and neglected and they just need help, their families need help, and they're just being pushed on the gaps. And like, it's, um, people are very quick to judge the department and, yes, there are some things that the department is doing wrong, but 
it's so overrun. We're having mm. so many kids in and out. Families aren't getting support. Some families are just bad parents. Mm. Um, and there's just not enough. What else would you like to say while you got the microphone? What else needs to be told out there for people to help someone like yourself wanting to make change in this area? Learn how you can look after the young people in care because that is the next generation. Like my generation and the following generations are the generations that the future needs and the future is going to fail if you're not protecting the most vulnerable. The Like we have to protect the vulnerable kids in care and the kids who are being known to care who are getting failed every day. For people out there thinking about being a foster parent, what would you tell them? That you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be a two-parent household. You can be a one-parent household. You can be whoever you are and you'll always be enough of the kids. You don't need to be a superhero. You don't need to be someone who um, is trained. Well, I mean, you get training, but like... Anyone could be a foster parent because we just need foster parents. We don't want someone special. We want someone to love us and care for us. Do your research. Do so much research. Think about it. Don't just jump in. You want to make sure you're doing the right decision and make sure you're ready to take a kid because we're not just a child. We're children. We're we're trauma. We still got so much we need to work on and we just need people who are stable because once there's instability, we we can't keep succeeding because. Where are we meant to get in our future if we don't have that stable net to turn to? Felicity, well done. Thanks so much for coming in and, and talking to us. Very, very big, important message. Thank you for having me. Felicity Graham, she is the CEO of Fostering Change Australia. We're in, we didn't even know this, which is embarrassing. We're in the middle of National Foster Care Week. More, more has to be done.